Mike here doing a little bit of breakdown on some of the news and politics of the day. Certainly going to be a very busy day in the world of news. A lot of tributes to the late Bob Dole. And of course, their much deserved Bob Dole, a war hero who went on to not only serve his country in the military, but in the Senate. And a guy who ran for president three times, never successfully. But he, uh, he was a guy who was there on the conservative side of things for many, many years. Rest in peace, Bob Dole. We appreciate your service to this country. Flags, I believe, will be flown at half-staff until the end of the week. I think that's what the order was from the president. We will see. I'm sure there's going to be more on it all over the media. A few things that are getting attention today we are expecting to hear from the White House about a diplomatic boycott of China in uh, the Olympics coming up, the Winter Olympics coming up in Beijing. A diplomatic boycott. This has been talked about for a while, and Biden even said it was under consideration. And all this means is we're not going to send any dignitaries. China's not going to get hurt by that. China's not going to lose a little bit of influence over uh, the lack of president or first lady or anybody going. I'm sure the person who's most upset is Kamala Harris because she was probably hoping to go. But no, it looks like we're going to have a diplomatic boycott. Does it mean anything? Well, our friend Gordon Chang, the best voice on what's going on in the Asian Peninsula. Gordon Chang was on Fox and was asked about the diplomatic boycott and asked if it's enough. It's, it's a good step in the first direct, in the first uh, instance, but no, it's not enough. We need to move the games and we need to ban China's participation in all the Olympics because they're denying athletes the right to participate. Those are Uyghurs, Kazakhs, Tibetans. Yeah, now Gordon Chang is definitely a hardliner when it comes to China, and I believe he's the right guy to have that kind of attitude. He knows what's going on. And I wish the administration would listen to Gordon Chang. They're not going to. If they did, then we wouldn't have weak statements about what China's been doing with Taiwan. And if you don't think that matters, it does. China's now looking at uh, a naval base in the Atlantic Ocean. They don't have one, but they're getting close to establishing one. That's not good. China has missiles that can circle the uh, globe at hypersonic speed, and they are reportedly arming them or setting them up to be armed with nuclear weapons. Not a good thing. And Gordon Chang also on Fox was talking about China and its aggressive behavior towards Taiwan. They want it back. They want Taiwan back under their control, part of China, communist China. Hopefully it won't. And... Um, he talked about some of the mixed messages that this administration is sending, and China is paying attention. I think that General Austin, um, as well as Secretary Blinken, as well as President Biden, need to be resolute in their um, pronouncements. They need to say, we will defend Taiwan. 
Now, this is a policy that President Biden actually did announce at the CNN town hall in October, um, but it was immediately walked back by mm -hmm. the Secretary of State's press spokesman, also by uh, General Austin, Secretary Austin, and by Jen Psaki, the White House press office uh, secretary. So you have disarray in the administration right now, and Beijing sees that. Yeah, China understands that we are not really rock solid when it comes to our position on what they are up to. And maybe that's because we're so dependent on China for so many things. Try and get China out of your world. Try and get products made in China out of your home. It's not easy. It's like trying to get rid of high fructose corn syrup. Gordon Chang also talked on, on really what we should do with China. Well, first of all, I think that we certainly need the uh, announcement by the president that we will defend Taiwan. But, you know, as China flies its planes through Taiwan's air defense identification zone, we need to fly our planes in force through China's air defense zone. It's still international airspace, but it sends a message. Now, we have these freedom of navigation operations on the surface of the sea. The U.S. Navy and the U.S. Coast Guard participate in those. We should be doing those instead of just single Arleigh Burke destroyers. They should very well be uh, fleets going through the Taiwan Strait. Um, China will back off if they believe that the United States will use force. Now, this is exceedingly dangerous, but some really bad Taiwan policy over the last three decades has put us into a position where there are no safe options. Yeah, that's that's very extreme. And I doubt this administration would ever do that. I'd be very, very surprised if this administration took a very aggressive stance like that. But the diplomatic boycott, if it's announced today of the Olympic Games, I think that's a, a move in the right direction, a big move in the right direction. The other thing I think we're going to hear a lot about today is the crime surge around the country, especially as we wind down to the last couple of weeks before Christmas and uh, malls and stores are expecting shoppers to show up. But the media is full of reports about smash and grab, looting, robberies, and they do appear to be organized no matter what AOC is telling the media. It's insane what that lady is saying. But, you know, the people of the Bronx and, and part of Queens elected her, so they're stuck with her at least until next year. Maybe it changes in the offing. Uh, but the the story of the crime spree and what it's doing to small business cannot be overlooked. The interesting take here is through the eyes of a shopkeeper. This is a guy who sells CBD and legal marijuana in Oakland. He's got a license and a store and he's been robbed. And he's more than frustrated. And what he says here, it's just craziness, but it's the reality. I was safer selling weed on the streets of Oakland than I am selling it legally. And that's a problem. That's crazy to even say, but that's just the reality I'm living in right now. He was safer selling weed illegally on the streets of Oakland than he is with a licensed shop. That's a little frightening. The other story that's going to get even more attention today, Angie and I go back and forth on it, talking about it all the time, is the firing of Chris Cuomo at CNN. Now stories are coming out that say that there was sexual harassment claims 
raised against him, and that might have been even more important than what he did to violate, violate the journalistic ethics and uh, help his brother. But who's going to replace Chris Cuomo? That's a big question. Who is going to take that coveted 9 o'clock spot that CNN has paid millions and millions of dollars to have Cuomo host? This week, it's going to be Michael Smirkanish. Smirkanish has been a weekend host for CNN for some time. And he's kind of a Philadelphia area guy. Not really too far left and not really a conservative. Kind of a mush, if you will. Not a bad guy, just I don't think he's a star. But who should fill that slot? Well, you know, they're getting a lot of pressure at CNN to have a woman there. One former CNN anchor, Brooke Baldwin, actually posted something online. She left last year, if you remember, earlier this year. And nobody knows where she is. I, she'll surface somewhere. But this is what Brooke Baldwin said. I would like to see CNN put a woman in that 9 p.m. spot. Not me. I've moved on. But there are plenty of brilliant women they can choose from. Yeah, there are plenty of brilliant women they can choose from. Most of them are over at Fox News. I'm just saying. Why are we focusing on gender alone? Why not on hiring a journalist? Focus on hiring the best person possible. What a concept. Mike here talking a little bit more of the news of the day on this Monday, December 6th. Hope you're getting ready for a great week and not panicked about Christmas showing up in less than three weeks. Not that I'm panicked at all. Uh, just a little. Okay. We'll get through it. You can't stop it. You can't cancel Christmas, although many of the liberals have tried. Speaking of liberals and speaking of cancellations, a story out of San Francisco broke over the weekend where uh, police have been asked or were asked on Friday, three on-duty officers in uniform sat down at a restaurant called Hilda and Jesse, a local restaurant. And the staff denied them service, asked them to leave because they were, quote, uncomfortable with the presence of their multiple weapons, close quote. That's what they said to cops. Now, San Francisco's got a crime problem. Like much of California and like many blue states and blue cities where district attorneys just aren't prosecuting criminals. You can go in and steal bags full of merchandise from stores in California and not end up in jail if it's under 850 bucks. And it's worse with the smash and grabs. So this is just disgusting that you would tell the cops who want to come in and patronize your restaurant, you have to leave because we don't like weapons. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. The story went viral, got a lot of attention yesterday, and now the co-owner of the restaurant is talking about, well, you know, we were uncomfortable and we asked them to leave. It has nothing to do that they were officers. It has everything to do that they were carrying guns. Hello, they're the police. Cops carry guns in America and it helps them stop bad guys. So they're trying to walk this back because a lot of people are saying, hey, 
hey, uh, we, we actually need police. We're not like you snowflakes who think we can all sing Kumbaya and the bad guys are going to go away. No, that's not, that's not how it works. So they're putting out a new line of propaganda saying, oh, the police are welcome, but, you know, there are other people. We don't want other people carrying guns in here. And they're, now they're going to put a firearms ban. And you know what's going to happen? Law enforcement that typically carries a firearm legally and they're trained to do so, they're not going to go to your restaurant anymore. They are not going to patronize your restaurant. Hmm. There's a unintended consequence. Think. Think beyond your initial knee-jerk reaction. That's what I tell everybody. Uh, the president's going to be on the road today. I know he was in Washington, D.C. last night for the Kennedy Center Honors, which we haven't had in a while. But they honored people like uh, Lauren Michaels from SNL and Joni Mitchell and, and Bette Midler and, and uh, a bunch of liberals, basically. So they gave out the Kennedy Center honors last night. Joe Biden showed up and got a standing ovation. There was a lot of applause. But he'll be flying today to Kansas City to sell the Build Back Better program, which Senator Kennedy says would only be helped with a shredder. And I think he's right. He's right. I'm worried about the president, though, because he wasn't sounding well last week. We played the clip for you on Friday of what the president sounded the day before at the National Institutes of Health. I want to reiterate, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins believe if you're worried about Omicron variant, the best thing to do is get fully vaccinated and then get your booster shot when, when, you're, uh, when you're eligible. <coughs> excuse me. We don't yet believe, <coughs> excuse me, that additional measures will be needed. Get some help for that guy. Get him a lozenge. Get him a glass of water. Come on. Well, after he gave yet another press conference, uh, Peter Ducey of Fox actually got the question in about the president, asking him if he was okay. This happened the next day when the president came out to address the dismal jobs numbers that we saw where we were expecting almost 600,000 and we barely got 200,000. That's not good. That was not mentioned, though. He never mentioned that number. He talked about the unemployment number. But uh, Peter Ducey asked Joe Biden about his voice. First of all, Mr. President, uh, your voice sounds a little different. Are you okay? I'm okay. I have a test every day to see a COVID test. I have a check for all the strands. What I have is a one-and-a-half-year-old grandson who had a cold who likes to kiss his pop. <laughs> and he'd been kissing it my, anyway. So, uh, but it's just a cold. Just a cold, let's hope. And now we hear that the Omicron variant is related to the common cold. Hmm. I wonder I wonder how that happened. That's science, nature, we'll find out. But uh, the Omicron variant, by the way, not looking as dangerous as they said. Even Dr. Fauci is saying that it's kind of hopeful that this may not be as dangerous. Very contagious, apparently. Everyone's getting it. Apparently, you can get it by looking at the word Omicron on a on a page, but uh, not as deadly. Thank God. Let's hope we get through this and get back to some kind of normal going forward. Uh, there are a couple other stories out there I have to address. The um, the last surviving member 
of the Band of Brothers passed away over the weekend, as well as um, he was 99. We also lost Bob Dole, who was 98. Two guys that served this country bravely, and we need to honor everyone who serves the country and thank everyone who serves the country. And um, that's why I'm so caught up with the band, that the, the, the great charity Code of Vets. That's why I'm so thankful for what they do to take care of the veterans. Um, Joe Biden, as I said, will be in Kansas City today. We'll have some audio on that for tomorrow's show. Uh, there's still more drama about, about the vice president. There's another story, yet another story out about how awful it was to work in the vice president's office, how terrible it was. They referred to these unnamed sources, which you know how we feel about those, but they're out there. And CNN's reporting on them. Uh, Unnamed sources are saying that uh, Kamala and the top tier of her office were bullies who weren't interested in doing the work. They were not only incompetent, they were uninterested in doing the work, and they liked to bully the staff. They were mean people. Well, you're only in the highest, second highest office in the land. It's going to be tough. You have to have a thick skin. But I don't like anyone disrespecting anybody. Jen Snarky, the press secretary defending Kamala. I know the vice president is grateful to all of the staff who have served her. Uh, she also understands the, the excitement and the grueling nature of working on a campaign and working in a White House. Yeah, I, I imagine. I imagine. I'm still just not a fan of Kamala Harris. Not in any way, shape, or form. Couldn't. Couldn't. Interesting little sidebar. If you know who Matt Walsh happens to be, Matt is a brilliant writer, a conservative. He's a man of faith. He's a guy who's been on this show in the past. Matt Walsh has the number one book in the country on the LGBTQ book chart. Matt Walsh has the number one, <laughs> the number one book in the country on the LGBTQ book chart. He wrote a book called Johnny the Walrus, and it's topping the Amazon charts, and he did it intentionally, and uh, he, he wrote a book that would make it to the top of the LGBTQ charts and says, I now, this is a quote from Matt, I now have the number one LGBTQ book in the country. Any further criticism of, of me or my book is now homophobic. Checkmate. Well done, Matt. He's going to call himself the best-selling LGBTQ author. Matt Walsh is a lot smarter than pretty much everybody in this country, and he also has a great sense of humor. Well done, well done, well done. Congrats, Matt Walsh. 